Today, I believe the Lord has led me to talk to you about something that many of us probably do a lot of, and we probably don't think much about it. If we even think it's wrong, we probably don't think it's that big of a deal. You know, one thing I found in my life, and as I talk to other people, is I don't find that many people don't think they're a sinner. They just don't think they're as big a sinner as you, <laughs> right? I mean, that's the way most of us feel. Hey, I've done things wrong, but I've never what? We know the list. I've never murdered, or I've never, well, we have stolen and lied. I've maybe never committed adultery or, or anything like that. But that's not exactly how the Bible sees things. In fact, what we're going to talk about this morning was a big reason the first sin was ever committed. And when we practice what we're talking about that we shouldn't do today, we are, I think, looking a lot more like the devil than we are like God. In fact, one person who's a lot bigger Bible authority than me said this, the Old Testament denounces this sin more than any other sin. Wow, now I certainly didn't realize that, and I haven't gone back to document it, but this source that I got that statement from is a very reputable Bible teacher. In fact, so wrong is what we're going to talk about that the Bible says that it goes completely against what we've been learning together in the 11th commandment. The 11th commandment, as we're calling it, is John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that all you guys love one another. That you love one another just like I've loved you. That you love one another. By this, the whole world is going to know that you're following me if you have that kind of love for one another. So far, our focus in learning how to love one another has been on some positive admonitions that God's Word gives us. There are certain things that we should do. But today we're going to talk about one. There are some things we're going to talk about that are negative. Negative statements. There are some things that we should not do. And today we're going to talk about one of those. The Bible says, do not speak against one another. And it really comes directly out of James chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. All of these statements have basically been, if you, if you weren't here at the beginning of our study, basically our, our premise is, that 11th commandment is, that Jesus says, love, loving one another, is the basic premise for how to live your life in relationship with other people. But we find that there are a lot of other one another statements in the scriptures that basically have a verb connected with one another. Do this towards one another or don't do this towards one another. And then we're just pulling these directly out of scripture. In James chapter 4 verse 11 it says, Do not speak against one another. Do not do that, brethren or brothers. He's talking to brothers and sisters in Christ. He who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you who judge your neighbor? I'm afraid that many of us have gotten way too comfortable talking about other people. And the Lord wants to deal with that in our hearts and lives this morning. So first of all, let's try to understand what does it mean? What is God trying to say to us when he says, do not speak against one another? Well, as I said, we've talked about many positive teachings, but there are quite a few don't do 
teachings don't do to one another instructions in God's word. Let me give you some examples. 1 Corinthians 4, 6 says, do not be arrogant towards one another. It's not right. If you're in a love relationship, don't be proud towards one another. Galatians 5, 26 says, do not challenge one another. It also says in that passage, do not envy one another. Galatians 3, verse 9 says, do not lie to one another. It's not very loving to say things to one another that aren't true. James chapter 5, verse 9, just one chapter over from what we're reading and actually very closely related to what we're talking about today, James says, do not grumble against one another. Now, generally, I like to be mostly positive. But sometimes a negative statement has a way of putting something in a way that kind of clarifies it for us. I mean, you could say to your child, listen, I want you to treat your brother better. Okay? Or you could say, listen, don't pull your brother's ear anymore. Okay, do you understand? One is a more positive statement, and I generally like to lean towards the positive statements, but sometimes it's more effective, more specific to say, here's something not to do. And in James 4.11, he says, literally, do not speak against. That's literally what the word says. Do not talk against one another. Other translations, what do some of your translations say? If you're looking at what, what are some other ones? What's that? Speak not evil. Don't speak evil against one another. Other translations, what's it? Don't slander. That's another translation that can be given. Basically, what it's saying is do not say anything that would hurt someone's reputation or their well-being. Now, it doesn't mean we can never make any sort of judgments or evaluations about anyone. Hey, don't you wish that was true at your job, right? Hey, the Bible says you're not supposed to speak against people, so I'm not going to do the job evaluation. I don't think so, right? Or, or when you go to court, hey, sir, I mean, Your Honor, uh, the Bible says you're not supposed to speak against me, so can we not hand down this ruling? That doesn't work, does it? Even in relation to sin in our lives. There are times that we need to speak some things that maybe aren't the most positive to one another. Titus chapter 3, verse 10, and 1 Corinthians 5, verses 1 through 5. Give us those examples, but listen to these cautions. When we do, these are important. First of all, you need to make sure that it is your appropriate role to do that. When you are, when you are uh, issuing some sort of judgment about someone else, you need to make sure that's your position. That's part of your role in life to be able to do it. Am I the judge? Am I the jury? Am I the, am I the boss who is giving this evaluation? That might be appropriate to do, but I need to make sure it's an appropriate role that I have. Secondly, we've been talking about the law of love. However this were to happen, love needs to be in the mix, doesn't it? Caring about that other person. Loving, love needs to be uh, overseeing every part of that. Number three, we should focus on actions and not personhood or motives. All right. When I'm dealing with something in someone else's life, I need to make sure that I'm focusing on the particular action or behavior. And by the way, this is very helpful as a parent or it's very helpful as a boss. And we need to be very careful that when we're dealing with inappropriate behavior, we're saying, honey, if you're talking to your child and you say, honey, this is something that's being that's happening. This is not appropriate. But we need to be very careful that we don't attack that person's personhood, their being. You understand that? And also, we need to be careful that we don't try to guess what they're thinking. We don't try to guess their motives. I can't judge anybody else's motives. I don't know what's going on in your heart. I don't know what's happening in your life between you and God. The fourth thing, even if we had a role where we needed to speak about someone else's life, it should give us pause. We should be very reluctant. We should be very careful 
about doing that. What James seems to be dealing with here, though, is having hurtful personal opinions about someone else that you state to other people when it is really not your role to do that. The Bible says don't do that. And as I said before, when we do it, it makes us look a lot more like our enemy than our Lord. Did you know the Bible describes the devil as the slanderer, the accuser of the brethren? You know what he's doing? He is constantly seeking to make a case against you. He's always seeking to put us down, while God is always standing up making the case for us. Amen? Aren't you glad? Romans 8, verses 31 through 34 tells us when we're in Christ, if God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, my goodness, I can't help but win. Amen? I mean, when Jesus is your advocate, another translation could be your attorney. (laughs) When he's the one standing up for you, (laughs) Who's going to make a case against you? I mean, he's pretty good about making a case, isn't he? Okay, so if I'm going to look more and more like God in my life, if I'm a follower of Jesus, if I love people like Jesus does, I'm going to lean a lot more towards making the case for people. Are you listening, friends? Not against people. I'm going to be working hard to do everything I can to build up and not to tear down. That's what it means when it mean, when it says to speak not against one another. But if it's so wrong, we need to ask ourselves, why would we do that? Why would we ever do this to other people in our lives? Somebody has said this, the issue of speaking against other people or slander becomes a test of genuine salvation. And if a person truly is a believer, a measure of spiritual maturity. Okay, so in other words, in a nutshell, why would we do this? The first two reasons are, if I'm doing this, it may be evidence that I don't know God. That's pretty strong, isn't it? If I feel comfortable speaking against another person, talking about another person, wow, I may not have ever gotten what it really means to be a Christian. Or maybe I have accepted Christ, Maybe I'm kind of new to the faith, or, or maybe I've been in the faith for a while, but i got some growing to do. No matter, no matter where I find myself, if I'm a Christian and I'm comfortable with this, God would want to challenge me today. This is not right. Amen? Let's read what James says about it in verses 11 and 12. He says in the second part of verse 11, he says, Listen, he who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but you're a judge of it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and to destroy. Okay, so the law says you should love your neighbors yourself. We see that all throughout. It says it in James. We've read all throughout the scriptures. The, the purpose of the law in one word is love. Love for God and love for others. And, and we said that, that actually that love for others comes out a lot in scripture because I deal with you a lot and you deal with me a lot, Right. We have a lot of relations with one another, and so we've got to really work on this how to love our neighbor thing. That's what the law is all all about. Maybe another way of putting it is the golden rule, Matthew 7, 12. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The law says that. The law says I should live like I wouldn't, I should live in a way, I should treat you in a way that I want you to treat me. Do I like for people to talk bad about me? No, I don't. So when I do this, I'm becoming a law breaker. 
That means I'm basically saying I don't have regard for the law. The law says I should treat you one way. I'm doing something else. I think I know better than the law. And if I'm evaluating a law and becoming a judge of the law, then I'm becoming better than the law. I'm becoming a judge. And if I'm a judge of God's law, I'm putting myself not even over the law. I'm putting myself over God. I don't think anybody meant to be doing that, did they? I don't think we realize that. And I think that's what the Lord is trying to bring out in these scriptures in James. This is very serious. We need to be very careful about this. And the bottom line, I think you're picking it up, really. And we need to just come out and say it. One of the biggest reasons that we speak against one another, number three, is pride. We have an overly high view of ourselves. I have a higher view of myself than that person. I have a higher view of myself than God's law. I have a higher view of myself, the Bible's saying, even than I do of God. Because I'm putting myself in his position. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. The Bible warns us against that. Let me give you some other reasons that we might do this. Why do we speak against one another? Fourth reason might be unrealistic expectations. We're depending on other people too much. We're putting too much pressure on someone else to meet certain standards. By the way, whose standards? My standards. And when they don't meet those standards, my standards, I express that disappointment to other people. Sometimes we have unrealistic expectations, and that makes us have a critical spirit. By the way, let me just kind of point out something here. Some of us were talking from last night from the service. Christians, we've got to be very careful. Sometimes we fall into traps. Let me just walk through some thinking and and, and unrealistic expectations, maybe, and and where that comes from. As a Christian, okay, I used to not know God. There was a time in my life when I didn't walk with Him. I wasn't seeking Him. I wasn't serving Him. Now, God has changed my life. Praise His name. And God is in the process of transforming my life more and more to the image of His Son. More and more, hopefully, I'm not liking sin, Right? I'm wanting to move away from that. Watch this. Sometimes while God is working in my heart to move me farther away from sin, I look over and I can't believe it. What I used to do, you still do. (laughs) What are you thinking? Weren't you at the service when Pastor Robbie talked about that? (laughs) weren't you at women of faith didn't you go to the mountain didn't god speak to you what's wrong with you do you see what we do i'm changing praise his name that i'm changing but something happens where i start comparing myself with you rather than comparing myself with god that's where we get in trouble and we have unrealistic expectations. And that goes all throughout this. You'll see that just pop up throughout this. The fifth reason is self-justification. Sometimes the reason that I speak badly about you is because it's an attempt to cover up my own sins. It makes me look better to make you look worse. And if you think about it, many times aren't the things that irritate you most in other people the things that you struggle with most? Hello, parents. Amen? And it goes back to that same thing I was just saying. 
I know that there's been times in my life where I was this or I was that or I struggled with this or I struggled with that. And it irritates me to see that in people around me because it reminds me of how sinful I am or it just brings it back up again when I'm trying to move away from whatever the reasons might be. We need to be very careful that we're not criticizing other people just to make ourselves look better. Six reasons, immaturity. Seventh reason is a lack of perspective. We don't realize how devastating talking about other people can be. What it does to that person, what that can do to the Lord and to his work. Are you starting to get the picture? This is nowhere near something that God wants us to do with our lives. And I don't know if I've ever seen it as this bad. I'm beginning to. Again, we need to be very careful as Christians. That, that point I just made about you know, just how I'm moving away from some things in my life and how I begin to put that same pressure on you, that's a part of it. You know, I, there's all kinds of little traps that we can get into as we're honestly trying to walk with God, trying to follow Him. But I think sometimes we get caught in these little subtle traps. Another aspect of it that I think about is, you know, many times Christians... We grow, we learn, we're, we're moving forward with God, we've moved away from some things in our life, but if we're not careful, we can bring back in these old habits, but we baptize them, make them look nice and pretty and Christian, but they're still just as wrong. You know what I've noticed many times about Christians? Christians have a way to make cuts at each other, to put each other down or to insult each other and still be smiling. And act like it was just all in Christian fun. Just because you say, oh, I love you, brother. Just joking. That doesn't make it any easier, does it? You need to be very careful about that. Another aspect of it is, you ever heard of prayer requests? Oh, I don't know if you've heard, but, but oh, so-and-so. Well, they're really struggling. We need to pray for them. I.e., I really got some good juice. I didn't want to be gossiping because I know that's wrong. But maybe I can pass on a prayer request, right? We need to check ourselves, don't we? Are we really loving one another? Are we really treating one another with the love and respect and the dignity and the care that God has for us? And something you've heard me say before, I want to more and more get allergic to this. Amen? I don't like that. It doesn't feel good. I have to wipe it off. Do you understand what I'm saying? It feels dirty after I do it. So that brings us to the third thing. How can we stop it? On well, verse 11, God just says, just obey him. He, he actually, you can actually literally translate this, stop speaking against one another. Hey, when God says stop, that's pretty serious, isn't it? He commands us to. Then in verse 12, the end of that verse, he says, but who are you to judge your neighbor? That's really a phrase the Lord has used to help me. When I'm critical, when I'm judgmental, when I'm putting myself above someone else or talking about them, here's, here's the thing the Lord says to me. Robbie, who are you? That's true, isn't it? Who am I? Hey, I might compare with you, but when I compare with him, who am I to be doing this? If you struggle with talking about other people, what can you do? Well, we've sort of talking about that, but look at James nine, 4, verses 9 through 10. 
You need to be broken. It says in verse 9, actually start back in verse 7. Submit therefore to God. I'll go back to verse 6. Therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. By the way, you need to read the whole book of James. A lot of, a lot of what I'm saying, there's stuff all through James. It's good stuff. We should have studied the whole book, I guess. God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil. I'll listen to all these statements. God opposes the proud. Are you proud? Are you stiff-necked? Are you hard-hearted? God opposes people like that, but he gives grace to the humble. Even if you're blowing it, if you've got a humble heart that's teachable and hungry for God, God gives grace to people like that. (coughs) I live off that verse. Submit, therefore, to God. That's pretty clear. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Sounds like the enemy is in this mix, right? Draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands. Isn't that what I was saying? You sinners, you ever feel like your hands are dirty? Got to wipe it off. I don't like this. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Now, it's not that God said well, the Christians should be unhappy. What he's saying is, is that sinning Christians should be unhappy. We should not be happy-go-lucky. Oh, well, God will forgive me. Or, oh, well, it'll work out. No, this is serious, God's saying. You should be broken about this. I need to have a better view of my position. Uh, and I don't have one. Amen? <laughs> I don't have anything except what God gave me. If, and if he did give me anything, he can take it away. If he did give me anything, I need to make sure I'm using Like I said, sometimes we might have roles, but we need to be very careful how we use those roles. I don't have anything. I need to have a better view of my own condition. Didn't Jesus say somewhere in the gospel something about, it's kind of hard for me to see that little splinter over on you and I got this big cross tie on me, right? Okay, I, I can figure out your problems, but maybe I need to think about my own sinfulness. It's harder to worry about other people's shortcomings when I got enough mess to deal with right in here. Amen? I'm serious. It, you know, the closer you get to the Lord, I don't know what we do sometimes. It's like, pride how could pride the closer you get to god how could you be pride the closer you get to god you're just like oh my goodness i don't know anything i don't have anything i owe it all to you god amen the closer you get to god you're not going to become more proud and arrogant you're going to be like wow i'm just beginning to see how needy i am be broken be fearful who do we think we are God help us. The Lord speaks to me. Robbie, listen, what are you doing? Matthew 18, verse 6. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Okay, that's just a way of saying, I should be afraid to hurt other people. I should be, it would be better to die a terrible death than to hurt one of you with my words. That is strong, isn't it? That is love, isn't it? I should be fearful to mess up God's work. Ephesians 4 verse 3 says, We ought to work hard to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Listen, friends, God is working in this world. I'm so glad for Pastor Landon. I'm so glad for pastors and, and, and church families all over this country and all of this world who are working. And we need to keep moving forward and touching more lives, not less for God. Amen? We need to make Jesus more beautiful, not that he needs to be. He already is. 
but we need to work hard to keep his image beautiful before the world so that more people can come to know him. Why would I want to hurt that? Even if you are a knucklehead or a jerk, even if I don't like you, even if in all other circumstances in life we would not associate, guess what? If you're a Christian and I'm a Christian, we're children of the king. He died for me. He died for you. I need to figure out why you are so important to him. Amen? We need to learn about grace. This is great. I'm really, I'm learning. Pray for me, please. I am learning about grace. There's something about it. It's good. I haven't figured it out, but it's good. (laughs) We cannot expect people to be perfect. There's all kinds of things that go into that. Personalities, your background, there's all kinds of things that go into that. But we need to give room for God to grow people. This morning, you're going to see somebody lifting up their hands and praise to God. And one hour later, saying something smart to a a server at a restaurant. And you know what we'd be prone to do? Hmm, Some kind of Christian he is. Isn't that what we think? Oh, yeah, you're worshiping God in church, but you, you know. You know what we ought to be thinking? Lord, I don't know what's going on there, but I just pray for that person. First of all, I pray that you minimize the damage that you're doing to your name right now. Okay? Somehow deal with that, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would just work in Robbie's life. I'm sure, listen, listen, we're heading right to this, giving benefit of the doubt. Okay? Hoping for the best in others. Trusting for the best in others. I'm sure that Robbie didn't mean that. I'm sure that he doesn't realize what he's doing. Hey, I've learned as a pastor, I can see you in the corner with the police spotlight on you, your hands are dirty, you're caught, it's clear, you did it, I've learned. It sure doesn't look like you did it, but I'm really trusting I'm missing something. Help me understand quickly here, amen? That's the way we ought to think about our brothers and sisters. Even when they are nailed, even when they are pinned down, you would say, I must, be not, I, I must not have all the information. I know he's better than that. I know she means, more than, she means well. I know she loves God. God, show me what I'm missing. There is so much to that idea of giving people benefit of the doubt. And listen, we see that person in the restaurant. Again, this is real life, okay? You're worshiping here. That person that makes a mistake in the restaurant. An hour later. Here's what we ought to start leaning towards. You don't know. I want you to think about this. You don't know what God's doing in that person's life. Let me give you a little perspective about what might have happened or what might happen an hour from now, okay? I talk to people all the time who are trying to learn with God's help how to grow into the person he wants them to be. And they'll come to me and I'll say, Pastor Robbie, I blew it again. And they think, God must want to kick me out. And I, and I reassure them, no, there's nothing you can ever do. And, and, and I say to them, you know what? I think God is not as hard on you as you're being on yourself. Let me tell you why. Let me ask you this question. In the past, how often did you make that mistake? Oh, <laughs> once a week. I mean, I did it like all the time. 
Okay, when's the last time you made that mistake? Oh, I think it was like six months ago. I said, that's progress. Amen? I'm putting distance between my mistakes. Amen? It's about progress, not perfection. Well, what if you saw me on the six-month deal? And you say, oh, yeah, Robbie, yeah, he's supposed to be, oh, but look at him. You don't know that it's going to be a year before I do that again. Because God's speaking in my heart. God's growing me. God's teaching me. So, unless I have a role in your life, unless there's a clear reason or purpose that God calls me to enter into that situation, primarily, I should just pray for you. I just should just say, God, I'm sure Robbie's not getting, I'm sure he's not understanding. Would you just show him? And you don't even know if today I did that, but on Tuesday, in my quiet time of the Lord, God speaks to me and says, you were a knucklehead on Sunday at lunch. But see, I didn't put an ad in the paper and say, hey, everybody, sorry I blew it, but I got it right on Tuesday. So how do we know that? We got to give a lot of grace, don't we? Again, that doesn't mean we don't ever address any things in, in other people's lives. There are times for that. But we need to make sure that unless someone is clearly doing wrong, we're going to try our best to give them benefit of the doubt. And even when they have done wrong, we're going to treat them like we want to be treated when we mess up later. That's what Galatians 6.1 says. Not if we mess up later, when we mess up later. And we should keep our mouth shut about them unless we have a role in our life that requires us to be involved in their lives. And even when we do have that role, we should be very careful, shouldn't we? Friends, I am so glad we're talking about this today. This is real. This is, this is powerful for real church family kind of stuff. If we take this, if we live this, if we honor each other in this way, it will be transforming. It will, it will give you a sense of security and safety and, and a place to come and support and people that love you and think the best of you. Even when somebody's doing wrong, if you lean towards trusting them to do right, when they do wrong, God will speak to them because you trusted them. You understand what I'm saying? I've seen that many times. Because I trusted them, even though they proved me wrong, because I trusted in them, God used that to draw them. There's so much to this. I have found over the years that I am less and less comfortable talking about my wife or talking about my kids or talking about somebody in my family with other people. Have you found that? You know, in my family, we like to joke around and kid a lot, but, you know, I found I don't even like to risk it. I don't even like to take a chance that I might speak against the people that I what? Love. If you're going to live out the 11th commandment, you need to be more and more uncomfortable speaking against the people that you love. You know, I said we need to read the book of James. Back just one chapter from this, he really hits at the core of what this is talking about. He's really talking about how we use our mouth. This is one aspect of how we use our tongue. And listen, friends, I think what God would really want to deal with today as we just sort of wrap things up this morning, listen, it's not so much that you should leave here saying, I got to really watch my mouth. Or I need to really quit saying that thing, whatever it is. You know what God wants to do? 
Jesus says the mouth is an indicator of the heart. So what I need to ask is not, why do I, you know, uh, why can't I stop doing that? Or I need to quit saying that. What I need to ask is what's going on in my heart that makes me feel that, that makes me think that. Do you understand what I'm saying? This morning, would you ask the Lord, God, I've got a critical spirit. That's not right. God, I enjoy talking about other people. That's not right. It doesn't match you. God, what is going on in my heart? What pain, what hurt, what issues are in me that I'm wanting to point that out in others? Or I'm wanting to make them look bad? Or I'm wanting to put them on the spot? God, what is wrong with my heart? Are you hearing me? Christian, if you're here this morning, you might be growing. But in that growth cycle, God's saying this is something we need to address. Because it's going to cause a lot of damage. It's going to hinder your growth. And it's going to hurt the Lord's work in other people's lives. Honestly, it's one of the reasons that many church families stall out and don't move forward. Because they don't have this level of respect and love for each other. With God's help, I want us to be different. Amen? Would you ask the Lord this morning? You just honestly say, God, I struggle with this. I need your help. Please forgive me. Maybe you saw it in your family. Maybe that's just what your family did growing up. That's all you know. And you just say, God, just help me not to be like that. Whatever it might be this morning. Maybe there's some sin in your heart. You say, Lord, the reason it irritates me so much in him is because oh, I'm so frustrated that I can't deal with that myself. God, let's deal with the root instead of the symptoms. God, work on me this morning. Would you do that? Like we said, ultimately, this, the mouth is an indicator of the heart. You know, James chapter 3 kind of puts it this way. If you can let God control your tongue, he can pretty much control the rest of your life. Wow. This morning... Have you given Jesus Christ control of your life? I'm so glad for Kevin and Jenny this morning sharing that they finally got to a point that they trusted Jesus. Wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome, Kevin and Jenny? Wouldn't it be awesome if, if four weeks from now somebody else is being baptized and they say, you know what? I heard Kevin and Jenny. And during that service, I made the decision to trust Jesus as my Savior. Or after that service, I heard Jenny met with pa- or Kevin met with Pastor Robbie, and, and, and I met with Pastor Robbie, and I accepted Christ as my Savior. We want to help you with that. You can call upon his name and say, God, have mercy upon me. I'm a sinner. No excuses. I need you to forgive me. Please come into my life and do that. Would you do that right now? Father, we thank you for your word that challenges us. Lord, it is impossible to do your will in and of our own strength. We know it because we've tried, many of us. We've tried to do right. We can't do it on our own. But God, this morning I pray that if somebody here has never put their trust in you, Jesus, I pray that today they would make that decision to give their life to you. Lord, I pray if there is somebody here that loves you and does not want to dishonor you with their life, but they know that their mouth is not honoring you, 
I pray that today they would confess that to you. Maybe they need to confess that to, to someone else. Lord, that they would get that right and they'd be able to move forward. Help us to have the courage to make those decisions in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a song. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart where they started be pleasing in your sight. Any followers of Jesus here today that just say, God, I'm so messed up. Please help me. <laughs> Please help me. Oh, I'm such an idiot, God. While I'm growing, don't let me mess up their lives. <laughs> I say that all the time. Lord, you're working on me. Don't let me mess up them. We say that kind of playfully, but just honestly come before the Lord this morning. I want to pray with you if I can. Several came forward last night. One young man came up and shared about something powerful God had done in his life. It blessed so many people. Maybe you need to share something. Maybe you need to get on your knees and pray to God this morning. Hey, you know what? Last week we talked about coming and praying with the pastors for healing. Some of that's physical. If you've got a physical struggle in your life, I'd be glad to pray for you. Oh, it's the book of James that says you have not because you ask not. We're going to ask him to heal people. You've got a struggle physically this morning. Even bigger than that, we've got a lot of other hurts that need to be healed this morning. God says if we pray for one another, that God will heal those hurts. So that's one of the opportunities as you come at the end of the service to find healing and help through God's servants working in your life.